Welcome to the 183rd installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's podcast on family farming, sustainable agriculture, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. It's been well established that getting more continuous living cover on farmland is a key way to build soil health, reduce erosion, and cut the amount of nutrients and other contaminants that make it into our water. Cover crops and pasture grasses provide the kind of year-round soil armor that's lacking when annual row crops like corn and soybeans are the only things growing on the land. Making the establishment of continuous living cover a practical, financially viable option for farmers is a major focus of the Chippewa 10% Project, an initiative the Land Stewardship Project is helping lead in west central Minnesota. LSP, the Chippewa River Watershed Project, and various other partners are working with farmers to develop profitable production systems that keep plants growing above and below ground as much of the year as possible. So how do we get the word out to both farmers and natural resource professionals that continuous living cover can pay off economically and environmentally? Well, as they say, seeing is believing. One handy visual tool is a rainfall simulator. This consists of a table-like setup upon which squares of soil have been laid out. Each square, which has been cut out of neighboring fields, represents a different way of farming the land. A mechanical sprinkler replicates what happens to each quote-unquote land use during a rain event. Each sample has two jugs set up to collect water. One jug hangs beneath the sample to capture how much moisture infiltrates the mini soil profile. Generally, the healthier the soil, the more rainfall soaks down through the profile, since that means vegetation on top is slowing the precipitation down, while the roots, microbes, and other aspects of the soil universe are allowing it to filter down into pore spaces, where it can be used later by growing plants. The other jug is hung in front of each sample, and it captures water that runs off the surface. Generally, fuller runoff jugs are a sign the soil is not being managed well. Lack of good vegetative cover on the surface can leave the soil hard and resistant to infiltration. In addition, lack of a healthy soil biology beneath the surface leads to even more compaction, further reducing the soil's ability to make use of precipitation. This leads to significant surface runoff, with water leaving the field and carrying soil, excess nutrients, and various other pollutants with it. That, in a nutshell, is the root of our water quality problems in farm country these days. A recent Chippewa 10% field day on a west central Minnesota farm featured a rain simulation that involved five land use samples. A poorly managed, non-rotationally grazed pasture, a cover crop field, a rotationally grazed pasture, a no-till cropping system, and a corn field that was conventionally tilled. After the demonstration, USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service grazing specialist Jeff Duchesne described the results to me. We have a rainfall simulator here, which what we're trying to do is show what happens during a rain event to catch uh, water infiltration and also water runoff uh, from different land management. So um, on our our far left here, we have a poorly or overgrazed, unmanaged pasture. You know, just heavily grazed, not a lot of residue on the soil surface and a lot of bare ground. And what we've seen in that example is we got a lot of runoff and not a lot of water infiltration. We don't have a a lot of 
good soil structure there. The soil structure just, you know, there's not a lot of pore space to capture moisture in the soil. So the water holding capacity is lower. And, you know, like I say, there's a lot of bare ground and not a lot of litter to slow the movement of water down. Yeah, what, what kind of just to clarify what we've got with your jar with the runoff, it's about a little over half full, it looks like. Yeah. And with the infiltration, maybe what, two inches, three inches at the bottom? So not very much, not much was going down through the profile, a lot was going off the top. Yep, yep. So, uh, you know, we got probably a little bit that filled in what pore space was there, and then it just started to run off. Yeah. And so in the, in the next example, we have a seasonal-long cover crop that the producer planted for grazing, uh, and it's been in row crop production or, uh, you know, pretty much every year since this. And so here we've seen we had quite a bit more infiltration just because in a lot of that has to do with we got we got our cover crops were essentially planted in close rows so you got a lot more root system development underneath and you know just a lot of different roots we got some tap roots with the brassicas like the turnips but then we also got the fibrous root system with the with the uh, annual ryegrass so that's building soil structure. And then that vegetation on top of the ground, it reduces that raindrop impact. It, you know, it really reduces that velocity and gives us gives the soil a chance to suck up that moisture a lot better than the overgrazed pasture or the conventional till sample that we'll talk about later on. I mean, we still had some runoff there, but it's quite a bit less than even the overgrazed pasture just because of that soil building and the vegetation on the soil surface. Yeah, it looks like the jars maybe about a quarter full with the runoff, and then the like you said, the infiltration was a little more than half. It looks like. Yep, yep. So and then our, our third example is our, our in the middle here is our well-managed pasture, uh, which basically there you know where the cattle are on the pasture for a few days and then it's getting several days of rest. I mean it's probably getting 60 to 90 days between grazing events. So we have a lot of litter on the soil surface and a lot of living plant material. So we got the vegetation there to slow the raindrop impact. But we also have the soil structure there. We're, we're not only building plant material above ground with the grazing system, but we're also building that root system below ground. And we really see that in, in our jars. We got virtually no runoff and everything infiltrated. And I've run this test many, many times and we, we come up with something close to this almost every time. It takes a lot of water for, for a well-managed pasture to actually run off. Um, I mean, our, our perennial vegetation has an amazing capability of holding moisture and especially managed perennial vegetation where you're, you're, you're grazing in a well-managed fashion or, or haying in a well-managed fashion and giving it the disturbance to promote active plant growth. And so when you talk about uh, the environmental impact here, we're getting, you know, in the well-managed pasture, we're, we're growing more grass, which from the production end is, is you know, the, the key for the livestock producer, but we're also, we're creating some variable wildlife habitat with the grazing system management where one pasture is rested and, and other pastures, or one pasture is grazed and other pastures are rested. So we're, we're getting some, more heterogeneity on the landscape, but we're also 
uh, from a water quality standpoint, which is a hot topic, you know, in the, kind of in the whole upper Midwest, I think, right now. And, and we're, I mean, you can see if we can get water to go into the soil, not across it, we can really have dramatic impacts with, with well-managed pasture. Yeah, I gotta say this is really striking in that I can't. I'm look. I'm bending down. I can't hardly. I can't see any water runoff in the jar that was measuring the runoff. And the jar that was for infiltration is full, uh, brim full. So you really. I mean, you're not kidding. It really did infiltrate, and you got virtually no runoff off the surface, which means no erosion, no contaminants going downstream. Yeah, and this is after. I, I'm I'm not sure how much rain they got in the past week and a half, but I know uh, uh, I heard somebody say that was here that they had you know four to five inches in the past week and a half. So the the soil is already I mean all these samples already had some moisture in the soil. It wasn't like you know two or three weeks ago when it was pretty dry. So uh, and we're still able to hold that much water. And you know, and and we're still getting a lot of runoff from some of our other land management, you know, our unmanaged pasture, overgrazed pasture, and and our uh, our conventional tilled cropland. And on this demonstration, we, we ran like what? An, it was a pretty significant rainfall that we were modeling here. It was like an inch and a half in what, ten minutes or something like that? Yeah, I mean, it was it was fairly heavy, so you don't see rainfall that heavy very often. Although I would say when we got all that rain, I know. Um, at my house by New York Mills, I mean, we had over six inches of rain in the span of three or four days. At times, it was really heavy. And as the soil gets saturated, I mean, the amount of uh, potential for runoff really goes up. And and so even though it was heavier than what you might see oftentimes, it still shows that when, you know, the particularly the raindrop impact on that bare soil. Um, you know, you don't have to have a very heavy uh, rainfall event to, to have soil movement and erosion. So uh, now explain here. So the next land use we got represented here is no-till. Describe what we got going on here. So this was, is actually a strip-till field. Where, so basically right where the, the row crop is planted, there is a little line of tillage in there, but everything in between the row is left intact. And this field has been in a strip-till operation for about eight years in various crops, uh, mainly, you know, corn and beans. And this year it's beans. Last year it was corn for grain. And and uh, over the course of eight years, I think what we saw here tonight was uh, some building of some soil structure and the power of residue. Uh, we didn't have any runoff to speak of. And we had all sorts of infiltration. So you can see that, you know, leaving that soil intact or building soil structure, building pore space in the soil so that, you know, the soil can hold more moisture. And just that litter on the surface, sucking up moisture, reducing your raindrop impact, and, you know, allowing that moisture to get into the soil as opposed to running off. So even you know on the cropland example, you know there's there's some things you can do with with the cropland management to really minimize your your potential impacts on to soil erosion and water quality. So then we got here, uh, and yeah, just we so we're looking at this the jar for uh, infiltration is again full, and there's.
there's not much, hardly at all. Uh, I don't see hardly any uh, in the runoff jar. So then we've got the conventional tillage, the last one here. Yeah, so our last field of conventional tillage, and it was corn last year, it's corn again this year. You know, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but I want to set it up. We've got, I'm looking at it, it's, well, what, 95% bare soil. We've got a few corn stalks, not very well broken down or covering the soil. It, a lot of bare ground here. Yeah, and that, that's pretty much how it laid in the field was exactly what we see here where there was, I mean, we're probably looking at maybe, you know, maybe 20% ground cover litter, probably not even that much. And so the rest is just exposed soil. And if you look at the, I mean, we we had some runoff. We had a little bit of infiltration. But, you know, if you look at the color of the runoff, we're getting a lot of soil movement. And even in the tray that's gathering the runoff, you can look at all the soil that's in there. So if you think about what's attached to that soil, I mean, you have your, you know, whatever nutrients are there. Um, you know, there could be potential, you know, whatever was applied to that field. There, If you have some herbicides that have some residual that attach to the soil, that's going to be running off right with it. So you talk about water quality impacts. I mean, soil and nutrients that leave the farm aren't doing the producer any good. That's money that's lost because they, you can't, you know, you can't replace the soil that you lost. The only way you can replace those nutrients are by applying more nutrients, so that ultimately adds cost to the operation. So if you can keep that on the field where you want to grow a crop, you can you can really improve, I think, improve uh, on uh, profitability by maintaining, because that's real dollars that's leaving right there. Yeah, and it's, we're talking about, so there's there was very little in the infiltration jar, hardly any infiltrated down through the soil profile. And then we've got, I don't know, four maybe inches of runoff. But the key point here is this very dirty runoff. It's not, it's very, it's the by far the dirtiest runoff we've got here. Yeah, yep. I mean, we're, we're definitely, you know, we're definitely losing soil and, and whatever's attached to that soil. And it also had the least amount of infiltration. So, I mean, this, this one was a little bit different tonight where... I think we might have been losing some water, you know, outside the pan because also the two jars combined kind of had the least amount of water. So I think the sample probably wasn't set up quite solid in there. But I think the point uh, was made with what we had here that, uh, and especially when you look at what the sample looks like, I mean, you can visually see on the sample erosion. Yeah. Soil moving towards the front of the front of the sample. The more you water you put on there, the more that would run off of here. Especially now that that sample is probably pretty saturated. Yeah, that's a good point. The flume where the water is being directed at, into the jar is just is dirty. It's by far the dirtiest one. Yeah, <laughs> I know we, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, uh, and this this some variation of this shows up. Virtually every time I run this, where you know you're the the more management you apply to the land, the less runoff you have, and the more infiltration you have. And by management, I'm talking you know like reduced tillage, cover crops, uh, you know managing pastures through a rotational grazing system, um, and then you know as compared to 
you know, like an unmanaged pasture as continuous graze or, or a cropland that's where a lot of tillage is applied, you're going to get runoff from those types of land management activities. <coughs> Stewardship Project's work to promote agricultural systems that are good for the land and a farmer's bottom line, see the Chippewa 10% page at www.landstewardshipproject.org. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org, or you can call 612-722-6377. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening.